This episode was filmed pre-SAG strike and pre-WGA strike and follows all guidelines surrounding strike compliance. Hey everyone, and welcome to Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Joss Richard, and this is the podcast where every week I will be joined by a special guest who either loves Three's Company, hates it, or has never even heard of it, and together we'll review an episode of the classic sitcom. Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 10, The Crush, and everyone, you are in for a treat today. We always have amazing guests. Some have never heard of Three's Company and hate it. Some have never heard of Three's Company and love it, and they come back. We develop new fans, and sometimes, if we're lucky, we get guest stars. And that is what we have today, a guest star of the show. It is an honor to have the guest that we have today. Lori Hedler is an actress who is best known for her role in the 80s sitcom, Give Me a Break. She has appeared in Mr. Belvedere, Young Sheldon, and Three's Company as Lori, a young girl who has a crush on Jack. Hi, Lori. Again, it is such an honor to have you here. How are you? Hi, Joss. I'm great. I'm so psyched to talk about this. Oh, you can't you can't be more psyched than I am. I am so excited to have you here. I have to ask, when was the last time you ever talked about this episode? <laughs> Not a clue. I feel like maybe I showed it to my niece and nephew like eight years ago or something. Okay. But not something you think about often. No, every once in a while, something will come up um, about John Ritter. And so I've shared a story or two, but I haven't really given it much thought in ages. And I just rewatched it today. And I was just like, oh, this show's great. <laughs> Do you ever watch Three's Company? Or like, I mean, what back when it was airing? Or did you just kind of do your thing and forget about it? I, I watched it after I was on it. But I was 13 when I did it, and I'm pretty sure it was past my bedtime the first couple of years it was on. Right. So right. Or definitely not a show my mom would have let me watch. Yeah. You know, that's funny because it's a show that I grew up watching as a child, and I was just so used to all of the jokes, and it wasn't until I got older I realized, oh, this is actually pretty risque. And I think as a child, yeah. it kind of just goes over your head. Yeah, totally <laughs> yeah. missed it. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to, you know, we're going to get into the episode. We're going to recap. And along the way, I'm obviously going to be asking you a ton of questions. And I would love to hear your thoughts on certain scenes and any memories that you have. So let's get into it. The beginning of the episode, we start mm -hmm. with Janet and Chrissy preparing dinner for Jack. And obviously quickly turns into Jack taking over naturally because he is the chef. And then the Ropers come upstairs, they enter the apartment, and they say that they have a friend who left their daughter with them while she goes on her honeymoon. But this is her second marriage. Anyway, this little girl is All she does them. is mope around the house. And she, she is just so upset about her mother getting remarried. She's the sweetest little girl, but so sad. We've done everything to try to cheer her up, but I even played my bugle. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that you girls being younger would have better luck. Was the character's name Lori or was this Yeah. Oh, it was meant to be. <laughs> it was it was very meant to be. I 
I think they may have actually written it for me, but I'm really not 100% certain. I've done a whole lot of stuff on ABC in that last year, and um, I don't remember auditioning for it. I think I came in for like a meeting, okay. but I definitely didn't fly down to audition, which is what usually happened because I lived in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, so either I had a quick meeting while I was in town shooting something else, or they just, ABC, I think, was maybe trying to find a place for me somewhere. So they were throwing stuff at me, which is kind of amazing. Got it. And I guess I assume that's how it worked back then, because I know um, the same thing happened with John Ritter is that he was doing a bunch of stuff for ABC and then this came along and they said he would be a good fit. So was it back then you were sort of just working with a network and they would bring stuff to you? I mean, I was still auditioning, but I looked back and almost everything I did that year was ABC. I did a TV movie uh, called The Child Stealer with Bo Bridges and, and Blair Brown, um, which was ABC. I did a couple of uh, weekend specials, Little Lulu's, mm-hmm. uh, that was for that. And then the thing I did after this was a series for ABC. And I was also in the mix at the end uh, for Benson, the part that Missy Gold got, got uh, which was also ABC. So while I was definitely still auditioning for things, I think there was you know, some list that put me closer to the top before we started. Right. And did you have any idea what Three's Company was when this came to you? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I probably, my mom probably had me watch a show, an episode before I went down and did it. But like I said, you know, when I was 11 and 12, I was not up at 930 to watch TV. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. You don't remember exactly everything you were thinking at this age because, you know, as our listeners um, know, if you haven't seen this episode, that you were a child. You were 11, 12, 13, just like your character. So really taking a trip down memory lane here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was 13 and I just, and I looked at it and I was like, I look 10. I'm actually surprised they didn't make the character 10 because I was so teeny. Yeah, it's it's an interesting choice because, you know, I feel like they could have gone different ways. They could have gone with an actual child or they could have gone with, you know, a teenager, which, you know, we'll get to. There's a really interesting conversation that you and the character of Jack have. So that goes into your age. So essentially, Lori enters, the character Lori enters, and she, you just play this miserable girl so well. It's so sweet. It's so cute. And Janet decides to bring out Jack, hoping that it'll help. And there is a line here that I find funny where you are with Chrissy or Suzanne Summers. How old are you, Laurie? I'm 13. Really? When I was your age, I was 13 too. (laughs) That's one of my all-time favorite lines from anything ever. And you make this face. It's so funny. It's so, it's so good. You have great comedic timing, really. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Jack comes out and he's being his fun, goofy self. And naturally, Lori, like I assume maybe most young girls watching Three's Company at the time, develop a little crush on him. Was that hard for you to do? I imagine not. Or were you like, this is an older man. I'm, you know, I'm just acting. It was... (laughs) Somewhere in between, because he was just charming and delightful. Uh, it remains one of the best weeks I've had on a set ever. Um, but I didn't really get into boys until I was about 15. So it mm-hmm. wasn't that he was older. It was that I just wasn't interested in boys of any age. Right. But 
he was so likable that that jump to I love you instead of I really enjoy you was just super easy. Yeah. And it it makes sense. It makes sense that a young girl would feel this way, especially um, someone like Jack being so charismatic and so funny. Later that evening, the three of them, the roommates, are playing chess and the phone rings. Janet goes to answer the phone. Are you going to jump her? Maybe, but first let's finish the chess game. (laughs) So funny. Probably didn't get that at 13. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say... When you're reading the script or, you know, when you're filming these jokes, do you understand them or, you know, do you kind of just focus on what you're supposed to say? Um, Because there are some, you know, there's some pretty big like sexual innuendos in this episode. Like I knew it was something sexual, but I didn't put it any further together than that. Like you could tell from laughs, like, oh, they're they're laughing about grown-up stuff, but I don't I don't know what the grown-up stuff is. Exactly. And you said that you were there for a week. So was that yeah. how long um it was in terms of getting the script, table reads, rehearsing, and then filming? Yeah, it was table read on Monday and then rehearse it then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh work with the cameras on the stage on Thursday and shoot it on Friday. And it was my very first uh, live show with an audience, Wow! Um, which, which shows a few times. I definitely catch myself giggling at some of the laughter, which is like, well, I managed to learn how not to do that through the years, but right. I definitely see it a couple times. And I was nervous. And John Ritter gave me two spectacular pieces of advice for any actor, but for a young actor in particular. He said, and this was back in the day when uh, half hour shows took about 35 minutes to record in front of a studio audience. Mm -hmm. You'd do it, you'd move to the next set, change costumes, keep going. Uh, Now they'll do it, you know, nine, 10, 15, 20 to rewrite while the audience is there. So a taping will be, you know, three or four hours if you're actually going to one. It was 35 minutes in and out. Wow. And... And so I was nervous about messing up. I'd never seen one done. I'd certainly never been in one. And John Ritter said, the people who come to see this show tape, this is their Friday night out. This is their entertainment. And if you mess something up, it's their opportunity to see how it all works. You cannot do it wrong because the audience will love it either way. Wow. Yeah. How freeing. That is solid advice, which I'm sure that you took with you throughout your career. Yeah. You can't, you know, if you, certainly with where you can stop the cameras, it is always freeing. It's a little less so on stage, but even still, you know, if you can make it work, the audience loves it. I've seen plays where things went terribly wrong and the cast just went with it and played with it. And it was some of my most memorable evenings in the theater because you kind of went, oh, I see where they went. And now they're, yeah. And it's marvelous. It's like your little secret, like only this audience got to see that moment. That's incredible. So yeah, he was, he was amazing. Oh, I, I can, I can only imagine. I assume, or what I've heard is that there are two tapings or there's rehearsal that's taped and then there's the actual taping. Does much change from, you know, you like you're saying, you only get one shot. So curious what that process is like. Is it like, let's just do it? Or is there a chance to add improv? 
not much changed. I don't remember anybody doing improv. I certainly didn't. Mm -hmm. I would never have felt like that was my place. I don't remember much changing between the first two shows. I've certainly done shows where lots of things have changed. Um, But that show, whether it was just that particular week or sort of how they always worked, there was not a lot of difference. So you would do what they would call the dress tape and then you'd do the final tape and you'd usually have the, the dinner was in between. So there'd be notes, some adjustments and maybe a line change or two, but Got it. In this particular show, they were well-oiled. Well-oiled machine. nothing much changed. Yeah. Chrissy, Chrissy, listen to this telegram. <clears throat> Janet and Chrissy, you are invited to a barbecue at the Marina Yacht Club at 8 o'clock sharp tonight. Hope you can make it. Signed, you know who? The Marina Yacht Club. I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> well, who's you know who? I don't know who. Don't you know who? No, I don't know you know who. I know guess who. <laughs> it's Janet and Costello. They they obviously go and Jack's alone for dinner. And just in time, Lori enters and says she'll have dinner with Jack. What a smart girl. <laughs> but at this point, we don't really we don't really know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. They have dinner and then Rita, an attractive woman that Jack knows, comes over and they're trying to have some intimate time together and Lori keeps interrupting them. Again, I, you know, it's just so funny that you as a child are put into the middle of this scene because it is, it is like so horny for lack of better word. Yeah. I imagine with child, I always wonder that with child actors, you know, even when you see child actors with not necessarily sexual scenes, but like super sad or dramatic scenes, how much the director is telling them. Is it really just an act, a child remembering their lines and sort of unaware like what is going on? I always found that super interesting when you put a child in a situation like that. Well, I didn't do anything terribly dramatic until I was mm-hmm. 13 or so. And then I was kidnapped. Oh twice. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no biggie. Um, that was uh, the child stealer where it was divorced parents can't agree. So dad kidnaps his children and moves to another mm-hmm. city. And then we literally get kidnapped off the street when oh mom finally finds us. So I, at that point, it was just, it was sort of play. You're in the scene and you do it. But how you would do that with a six-year-old trying to do that. I think you do a lot of bringing the parent in. Yeah. You know, if there's a parent out there, if you're going to let your kid do this and they're really small, you need to read the script. If this isn't something you can have a conversation with your child about how it's pretend, but it's pretend about something really sad or pretend about something really scary. If they're not okay understanding that difference, don't let your child do this. But I think most of the time, because there's you know, there's dozens of people around. It's sort of so mm-hmm. clearly play that um, that I think that's actually why often kids are, are better actors right. than adults because play is so integral to mm-hmm. the life of a child. You tell a child, uh, you're the king and everybody else is, you know, is are the soldiers. And that kid will stand on something and yell at those soldiers to go and run and do stuff. If you tell an adult the exact same situation, they're going to want to know what the backstory is and how long were they the king? And am I 73? And I finally just got to be the king after my mom died after, you know, the kid is like, okay, I'm the king. Go. Very good point. So I think, again, depending on the kid, it's easy to just be like, that was fun. Yeah. 
And was it was it fun for you? Was yeah. it overall a fun experience? Oh yeah, and this show yeah. especially. This show was a delight. But again, in um, not to talk about a different show, but Danny Glover uh, played one of the kidnappers. I love Danny Glover. <laughs> I'm 13, and you saw from like I'm this tiny, tiny thing, and he's supposed to jump out of the van. He and one other guy jump out of the van and pick up Tracy Gold and me and jump back into the van with us. And obviously, we're supposed to struggle. And I remember being such a little professional, saying. How hard can I hit you? <laughs> you know, I will, how, you know, and he just looked at me and went, as hard as you want. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm this big and he's that big. Um, but yeah, so even within that, being kidnapped when you know it's not real is kind of fun. Yeah, I can imagine. You're just, you're playing, you know, you're playing it's play. make believe. Mm -hmm. I took your key by mistake. Oh, oh, that's no, Rita, wait, Rita, hang on, Rita. Rita, where are you going? Somewhere where there's less traffic, like on the Hollywood freeway. <laughs> Gee, she left so suddenly. Do you think she was anxious to go to bed? I'm positive. <laughs> she's just, she's so frustrating, but it's funny. It's funny, but you're, you feel for, you feel for Jack. And then Janet and Chrissy come home. They say, oh, there actually wasn't a dinner at the Yacht Club. Jack, can you ever forgive us for leaving you alone? Oh, Jack wasn't alone. We had dinner together. Oh. oh, that's nice. It was delicious. We had turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and Rita. Rita? <laughs> Rita, is that a dish? <laughs> she sure is. The way you are delivering these lines, it's so easy to hate this little girl, but it's yeah. also, you know, but watching, watching it for what it is and like understanding, obviously doing the podcast, I commend you because you do such a great job of being this annoying kid and it's your delivery, your timing, everything is really incredible for being so young. Thank you. Girls are obviously upset because they think that Jack sent the telegram to get them out of the apartment. So they're upset and they go to the Regal Beagle. And Lori shares that she's the one that sent the telegram. Okay, Lori, you're coming with me. Where are you taking You're going to tell Janet and Chrissy that you sent that telegram. No. No, I'll never tell. Yes, you will, young lady. There's going to be some big trouble. Why are you getting so mad? I only did it because I love you. <laughs> the character is not trying to be you know, mischievous or anything in any way. It's just because, you know, the character genuinely has a crush on Jack. And there's this, this is one of my favorite scenes, not just in the episode, but in all of Three's company, Jack and Lori are talking about love. Even this line, it's funny because he says, you love your dog. And you say, I don't have a dog. I have a cat. I hate my cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. How old are you? 13. I'm almost twice your age. Don't worry. I'll catch up. What? Well, when I'm 26, you'll only be 39. And that's only half as old. No, Lori, what I'm trying to say... And when you're 80, I'll only be 67. So I'll be able to take care of you. Oh, that's very nice. No, but that's not the point. Which, honestly is true. She has a point. Because we <laughs> definitely in Hollywood seem a lot bigger age gap. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Lori was ahead of her time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he says something very sweet here, and this is actually filmed in a way, and Lori, I don't know how 
much of Three's Company you've watched, aside from your episode, but it's filmed unlike the Three's Company formula. It's a close-up shot of Jack, and he explains what love is. What is real love? Real love is, well, when you care about a person so much, you'd rather be with them than anybody in the whole world. Then I love you. Oh, well, that's so sweet, Lori, and, and, I, and I thank you, but see, the, the, prop, the thing is, is that I don't love you. This is actually a very mature conversation and not even a conversation that the characters have with other adults in the show. Mm-hmm. It's a farce. This this show is, it, it's jokes. There's really not a lot of continuity. Um, there's no serious relationship storylines or anything like that. So seeing Jack have this moment and with this girl, and this is why I so appreciate your character, Lori, because you bring this out of Jack Tripper and it gives us, the viewers, a better understanding of him. And you probably had no idea at the time, in retrospect, like how what this what this scene means to to fans of the show or to viewers. But it's really an important one. He's so lovely in that moment, both Jack and John. Mm-hmm. Um, the the kindness of Jack, but the dramatic acting chops of John blew me away when I rewatched it because. We all know how brilliant he is at comedy. He's so kind and tentative and thoughtful in that moment. It's just, it was some of the best acting I've seen somebody do. And I was just blown away when I rewatched it. I believe, you know, um, of course we lost him too soon, but I believe if he continued his career. I think we really missed out on him being a dramatic actor. I feel like he could have changed. You know how we see a lot of Mm -hmm. actors these days who sort of do the whole 180 and start doing dramatic roles. And I feel like we we could have seen a lot more from him because like you said, he was really, really great in that. Do you have a favorite memory, whether it be with him or the show or in general? There's there's so many. Um, Like I said, it remains the best week of work I've ever had. Um, I got to the set. I think the casting director brought me in. So I had met him at some point and he introduced me to Suzanne and Suzanne introduced me to Joyce and Joyce made sure I knew where the food was. And then she introduced me to John and John looks behind him and the director, Dave Powers is standing like right behind him. And he says, this is our director, Dave Powers. He doesn't know what he's talking about. If you have any questions, you come to me. Oh my goodness. And if, obviously if the director had been across the room, that would have been terrible, but it just, it let me know it was a room that joked with each other, that cared about each other. And that actually, like, if I had anything that the door was open for me to come to him uh, and all of them, they were just so nice. Uh, in one of the scenes, we're drinking milk. Mm-hmm. And this show was, I think it was number one at this point. It was definitely, I mean, he was a humongous star. And I've, you know, there's so many people who take that opportunity to turn into a diva. And I remember hearing him say to the prop guy about the milk, he said, look, I have this thing about milk. If it's not super cold, my brain just decides it's gone bad. So if you could do me a favor and bring the milk out at the very last second, I'd really 
like that is how humans should talk to each other. It shouldn't be an extraordinary thing. Yeah. But he made it so much do your job, bring me cold milk and said it was, please do me a favor. I know I've got this little weird thing. And of course the guy was, you know, happy to, it was just so emblematic of how the whole show worked um, during a break on, uh, on the camera blocking day. I was sitting and talking to, Su- to, to Suzanne and she said, so you're three. She said, my son is 13. I just, I cannot imagine him being this mature and responsible. And over the loudspeaker from the booth, the director goes, takes after you, huh, Suzanne? <laughs> and everybody laughed because again, it was, it was a friendly set. It was, it was very sad a couple of years later when they all had a fallout. But at that moment, Everything that they did with each other, all of the jokes were so clearly out of kindness. Yeah. The other thing that I specifically remember, I said, John taught me two things. One was about the audience and the other was how to play a laugh, which is you listen for the laugh. The laugh builds, it crescendos, and it falls off. He says, if you start your line while they're starting to laugh, you're going to stomp on the laugh and they'll shut up to listen to you. If you wait till they stop laughing, there's a whole lot of silence. So you want to listen for that crescendo. And just as it's peaking down, just after it peaks, that's your sweet spot for speaking. Wow. Like every good comedic actor knows that, but you know it through trial and error. Mm -hmm. To have somebody actually say it was like, just skipped like eight years of acting classes with that. It was amazing. Yeah, I was just going to say that's stuff that people go to school to learn, mm-hmm. you know, and takes many, many years of being in front of an audience. And especially at a young age to have that advice must have been yeah. so incredible. Probably didn't – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the time you probably didn't even realize, wow, this is the information I'm getting at this age from this person. You sort of just took it – No, it just seemed like, okay, yeah, yeah, wait for the laugh, got it. I mean, you know, the confidence of a 13-year-old is is extraordinary. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I already knew that. Thanks. (laughs) You have shunned me. You have defamed my character. You have accused me. But now you're going to eat those words because little Lori here has something to say about who really sent that telegram. Go ahead, Lori. Tell him who sent it. Gosh, Jack, if you didn't send it, I don't know who did. Lori, you sent that telegram. Now go ahead and tell him. It was her. That is awful. Trying to blame it on an innocent little girl? Jack, I didn't even think that you could stoop that low. Let's go, Chrissy. Now wait a second, Jack. I'm The next morning, the girls are still upset with Jack, but then the Ropers come upstairs and apologize because Lori admitted to what happened. It was actually her that sent the telegram. She charged it to the Roper's phone and she apologizes. I do want to ask you, Lori, do you have any memories of working with Norman and Audra? I'm sure I'm sure it was very brief. I, You know, it's funny. I really don't. I'm sure that I interacted with them, but the things that jump forth in my memory are from the, the three main characters. You spent the most time with them. I, I can tell you, if anybody had been even a little unpleasant to me, I would have remembered that. So um, they were obviously very nice to me. 
Oh, that's that's really yeah. nice to hear. We we love we love the Ropers. <laughs> yeah. And then Lori shares that she has a new man in her life, which I have no idea when she had time to meet this man because it's, little... <laughs> it's the next morning. <laughs> Lori works quick. Yeah. Back to it's a sitcom and time means nothing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we meet Albert, and Albert is, I wanna say he's supposed to be a 14, 15 year old. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a cool kid. He's a cool kid with a skateboard. Yeah. Everybody, this is Albert. Hi. 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 Albert, this is Jack, the man I was involved with. Hi, Albert. What's happening? Oh, fine. Thank you. Hey, uh, don't take this too hard. You know, I, I'm sure you'll find yourself another old lady. Uh, you think so? Sure. Come on, let's go skateboard. Can we go to the beach? Skateboard. I just love a man who's forceful. So funny. Also, I do want to ask you, those glasses that you have, um, obviously I'm a big fan of glasses. Were those real or were those for... Um, those were mine. Those are my actual glasses. Love them. Love yeah. them. <laughs> Very those are in 70s. style still. Yeah. They, they came back. They do come back. That's essentially the end of the episode. It's a great one. It's so funny. And Laura, you do such an incredible job. It's one that I really, really recommend for people to watch. I do want to ask you, because you touched on this a little bit earlier, but you were a guest star on season three. And this was a super interesting time because like you were saying, it was one of the biggest TV shows at the time but also at the cusp of this explosion that happened um, behind the scenes. And at this point, I imagine the chemistry must have been so different and so unique, no animosity or anything like that. So did you feel that energy? Did you feel like, wow, this is a hit show that I'm on and these are people who get along? I mean, I'm just assuming, but would love to hear what your thoughts were of being there at that time. I I – I was so stunned when the news came out the next year or whatever it was, because these people seem to adore each other. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the director and, and the three main leads uh, just, they, they teased each other in the most loving way. They were, I mean, maybe they showed me a different side because I'm 13. Maybe I'm a little naive as a 13 year old and I just don't pick up on that sort of thing. But right. What I saw was was three people who really liked each other. That's amazing to hear, and that's what what we want to hear. Um, you know, it's it is unfortunate that we've heard all the drama that happens behind the scenes, but mm -hmm. that that is why we love the show so much. And it's glad that 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 you felt that in that home that they invited you into. Janet Wood is one of my favorite characters. I think it's because as a young girl, I didn't see, you know, a lot of people that look like me and just seeing a girl with dark hair being represented mm -hmm. as the smart one. I loved her so much. Do you happen to have any, this for me personally, but do you happen to have any memories of Joyce or was it sort of, I know it's probably all blurred and they were probably all together. I don't, other than, other than her sort of showing me to where the craft services <laughs> That's was a great memory. just a general warmth. Um, yeah. I mean, since most of my work was with John, most of my stories are about John. I just Absolutely. got such a, a lovely feeling of warmth and watching it again, I was blown away at how funny she is. Like the whole, you know, it, the show was obviously sort of built around John and then Suzanne kind of became the, the, the rocket and Janet was kind of always 
the stable one. Mm-hmm. And then watching her, she's extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, she is mostly the straight woman, but there's these sly little moments that are so funny, but she's so grounded. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm now going to go find the show and, and watch it some more. I know it's on one of the channels because I haven't watched it, you know, except maybe one or two here and there since the seventies. And I was like, I want to see it. And a large part of it is I want to see how good Joyce is. I'm blown away because I always thought, Oh, you know, she's just the third one. She's not. Mm -hmm. She was like the glue between sort of the insanity of, of, of Jack and the, the, bizarre heightened silliness of Chrissy Janet was the glue that kind of held them both to earth and that is that doesn't get the kind of credit it should with any show with any performer but certainly in in this show wow she was extraordinary and I can't wait to go watch it again Yes. Well, it is It is on Pluto if you happen to have Pluto. And I can also send you all the links okay. to the episodes if you want to just binge watch it in bed Maybe. or something like that. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. And I think that um, because she's not meant to be comedic relief, I also think when, when funny things come out of her mouth, it's so unexpected and it's mm-hmm. so witty and quick. Um, that is what I love about her. Overall... Lori, you have revisited the show after 40 years, almost, almost 40 years, which is... It was 78. 78. So I'm not even going to try to do the math. That's... Yeah. Is that more than 40 years? Less than 40 I think, years? I, I think it's 40 years. Mm-hmm. Let's say let's right. say 20. Let's yeah, say 20. Yeah, yeah. Tw- 20, exactly. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel re-watching it? I'm so proud. I mean, you know, they... They really never had any other kids on the show. Um, so that kind of leaves me in this very sort of special little bubble of a place. Um, but just so grateful because it was such it was such a great memory. It was such a great learning experience. It was such a good thing to have on my resume. It was so great for when I ended up on Give Me a Break. Like I knew how to be in front of an audience. Um, I knew how to deal with line changes. Um, and even though they didn't change between the tapings, they certainly were making little changes as the week went on. Um, it taught me the muscle memory of memorizing a script fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's one of the great comedies of all time and it's on my resume. How cool is that? It's very cool. And it's kind of a little home video for yourself <laughs> that you always get to look at and, you know, show show your family members and show your loved ones that this is what I did when I was 13. People yeah. definitely don't have that. I want to do one more thing. Yes. Yes, I please. Have this. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Was that a gift from It was a the gift from show? the show. And if, you, if I hold it closer. Oh, my gosh. Did then- they sign it? I wore it exactly once and walked into a wet bush and smeared it. So I never, ever wore it again. John says, wash me. <gasps> and then Suzanne. And wow, super you, treasured. That is worth um, a lot now, probably. <laughs> it is not for sale. Not for sale. <laughs> Could potentially 
put a down payment on a house, but not for sale. Oh, wait, if it could put it out, to, well, in that case, it might be for sale. <laughs> if there's enough zeros, everything is for sale. Exactly, exactly. But oh my gosh, did you have to find that or did you did you know exactly where it was? I was pretty sure it was. I've got some stuff, you know, tucked up away of old costumes and things like that. Wow. It's packed away with my costume from Circus of the Stars. Oh my goodness. <laughs> those are, you know, those are prized possessions are priceless. So yeah. that's so great that you have those. Uh, well, Lori, thank you so much. This not only means so much to me, but to our listeners and to the Threes Company fandom. And I can't tell you how many people love this episode, have, you know, have so many things to say about the character, Lori. You know, it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun episode. Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your experience and your thoughts. It means so, so much. Thank you for the opportunity to revisit it. I don't know when I would have watched it again without this impetus and what a treat. And thank you. Thank you for talking to me about it. Of course. It has been my pleasure and the highlight of my year. So. <laughs> oh, dear. Hope your year goes better. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening and tune in next week as we talk about season three, episode 11. 